you, man. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the 40k Spice Center. I'm one of your hosts, Rob, and I'm joined by Mr. John Scrivens. Hello, John. Hello, hello, hello. How oh, you doing, Rob? Great. And I'm also joined by Mr. Tom. Don't fucking say anything about him or he will not block you on Twitter. Leighton! I, I, I block people on Twitter I don't even talk to. <laughs> uh, if I see you saying something daft, I just block you. Like, I, don't, I don't want to have that conversation. Is the, yeah. is, Although I did get blocked by someone the other day, but I was actually really surprised by it. I didn't, I didn't quite... That was a bit weird. I'll tell you about it after the show. I was just like... All right. Okay. That's an interesting one. Okay. <laughs> <Fair> well, <enough>. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, I want to say a big shout out to everyone. I know we've been uh, been off for a couple of weeks, um, but I've been in the US and all sorts of stuff has gone off. Uh, so we're excited to be back. The main topic of today's show today, after a very hefty news section and in conjunction with catching up with both John and Tom um, about this weekend, will be uh, about a new ranking system proposed by um, uh, someone online, which does give us an opportunity to kind of recap rankings for people anyway. Some people might be like, yo, this is um, uh, like this is something that's really obvious. But some people might be like, I don't know anything about 40K. What the hell is a ranking? So I think that's a fair thing to talk about and we can talk about in the future. But before we do any of that, thanks to everyone who's joined us live on Twitch, including Mr. Insomniac Payton, Norshock Dubs, Tarelicio, Uncle GM, T-Man Cash, and Elko Reb, who've subscribed. Yeah, so what up, everyone? Shadow Sun, uh, hello, everyone. Uh, Tom, I'm going to start with you. How have you been, my friend? What's been going on? Can I just finish my KitKat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for yeah, man. Yeah, so I have my KitKat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, all right, exactly, it's a KitKat. Oh, we good. I'm all right, thank you, mate. I've done, I've done some elite hobby this week. Hold on, let me just show you what I've done. So, mate. This is my Land Raider Spartan for heresy. Oh my god. You might notice it's done in quite vibrant colours. In fact, if I hold it up in front of me, you can't really see it because of the lighting I've got set up here, okay? Right. So you might want to come and have a double check anyway, if you're a podcast bro. But this is an Imperial Fist Spartan. Yep. I did it with some primer from Halford, and that made it look very shiny like a proper car. So I've airbrushed it down a bit, and now I'm going through the black panelling on him. That's taken me a while because it's quite thin, so it kind of trickles. So I have to clean it up just because I don't want blobby, blobby panelling. So I'm going yeah, around doing really pink nice. blobs on the yellow would make it look very blobby, right? Yes, it would. So oh, is, this to... because, is this because Valrak's your favourite content creator? And this is I mean, why. he's one of them. I'm better than you, but he, he is better than me. <laughs> the numbers, the numbers oh. literally say that. The numbers literally say that. Uh, thank you to Insomniac Painting for donating a thousand bits to the yeah, show. Right, right in the insecurities. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I'm when not remotely. Do, when you do upload, it's a lovely surprise. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, it's not as scary. I thought I'd uploaded stuff, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> also, mate, so obviously I'm going to Worlds next week. You are. I am. So, oh, he's falling over. So I've got a bit of a problem. The KR cardboard cases are one centimeter too long for the Ryanair carry-on luggage. They will not notice. I, I know, but I don't want to like put my big thing... Into, into, into the hold, into the have car, into the hold. and then the someone say you can't take your army on; it's too big. They won't do that. <laughs> um, but Rob, I I am very familiar with being told I can't go places because I'm too big. 
So wow. I, I, I want to make certain Consent that I crucial. don't have a problem. Okay, we get you've got a penis. Calm down. I, I never said anything about my penis, Rob. I'm six foot four. <laughs> Sorry, but your Spartan you, you land raider. I, 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 I never made any comments about my dick, okay? You did that. You brought that up. That's, that's on you, okay? Yeah. But I thank you for the compliment. Um, so what I've ended up doing here is I've got these heavy destroyers for Necrons, and they've got one point at which they intersect with the base and it snaps very easily right so what i've done is i've sacked that off and i'm magnetizing he's falling over a bit this dude on the base now he swivels a little bit but he's the only broken one right now so there you go you can't see him he's on the desk but i've i've learned how to magnetize okay okay very proud of that and this guy now he can't break in the ryanair hole i can i I, like I, and yeah, bigger mag. I've, I've glued them on now, Jadis, and we've got a problem. Okay. Okay. So, uh, on high. Cabbage. Thanks for resubscribing. Okay, I'm gonna have to ask uh, this question because it sounds silly. I know, but I'm gonna have to do it. When you say you've learned to magnetize, well, Rob, I can explain this to you. Okay. Okay. Because I, I tried magnetizing one time. Yeah. Okay. In 2013, I decided I had a Land Raider, and it was a Chaos Land Raider, and you put dozer blades on it. Okay. Okay. So I decided I'm going to magnetize my dozer blade to my Land Raider so I can use it as Imperium or Chaos. The problem I had was I kept gluing the magnets to each other. Right. As they went down the chip. So I ended up with this big kind of erect magnet coming out the front of my Land Raider. Wrecked and I, or so scared I never tried that again. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't like moving around because like Those magnets do, but it was because it, it was all glued together, Rob. Yes, yes, you're correct. Yes, sorry. Yeah. So I, I've now retaught myself how to magnetize. Now, this guy is actually kind of steady when you leave him on the table, but also what it means is I'm moving my heavy destroyers, Rob. Mm-hmm. Here he goes. Let me just put him back on. Beautiful. Done. Yeah. Uh, for the podcast listeners, just to let you know, Tom has off-screen shown how good his magnetizing is now working. Falling over, I need to get some bigger magnets. Okay, this is okay. Let's move on. Like, oh, deep... <laughs> um... <laughs> so, so you're so the, the the news is Tom that you're part you're competing next week as part of Team Wales in the World <laughs> Team Forty K Championships. <laughs> Pardon me? Competing is a strong word for what we'll be doing. But, um, yeah, it's one of those. Like, we're all kind of, um, you know, getting on a bit. Well, most of us are anyway. Um, and we, like, I see Northern Ireland and Canada putting in huge amounts of effort and props to them. But um, we haven't been able to do that. We tried to run out of practice weekend, but uh, everyone got COVID. So that kind of ruined the vibe a little bit. Yeah, Not maybe. at the beforehand. So we couldn't do that. But uh, we're looking forward to going. Like, it should be a really fun experience. Um, we'll obviously try and do as well as we can. And we've all got a bit of practice on our list as well. So we know what's up. But it's just one of those where it's like, I I can't really say now. I'll, I'll tell you guys that, oh, like I'll tell you guys afterwards. But I'm really eager that this one is a really, really enjoyable week. Uh, so, um, so this World Team Championships. Yeah. So it's the first one in uh, three years, right? So the last one was in 2019. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time I've been abroad since 2020. Ironically, that was Belgium as well. Okay. Um, so you get to have like I'm a, I'm kind of a bit like I don't know how everyone else has been feeling about this like not post COVID, but you understand what I mean. Now that we can all travel and stuff, <laughs> um, it's it's one of those where I'm like I feel a bit like ooh, 
just a little bit stressy in it about traveling because I've done it in so long, man. Yeah, you know of what course. Ross feels about that, but uh, yeah. go. Uh, well, yeah, okay. Um, I, like, so, yeah, I think, uh, uh, Tom, I'm with you. I think I basically, uh, it's been an odd time because a lot of people have been uh, trapped at home or they haven't really, like, moved out since COVID, you know, like, of their kind of, like, safe areas. I, I don't travel. Um, oh, no, I've traveled loads, I guess. I don't know. I just don't care anymore. Like, it makes me laugh. People are like, people, like, message me after every event and they're like, by the way, someone has COVID. And I'm like, by the way, there's 120 people there. 30 to 40 percent of them have covid that's the current numbers and they're like oh i i'm i'll be fine getting on the plane on the way back but <laughs> no what i mean is though what i mean yeah. is though is it completely makes sense for a load of people to still feel anxious about traveling because i'm anxious about, COVID. I'm anxious about just the traveling because it's all public transport it's it's going away man i haven't been out of the country in so long and every time i have gone away somewhere it's been really shit <laughs> Okay, so you just are you just hoping to have some fun in Belgium. What are yours and the team's expectations? We haven't really got any, um, to be honest. In terms of results, we haven't really thought about it. I just want to go and have a good time, man. Honestly, like I ha- I'm not even thinking about because I don't want to put like pressure on us to do certain put certain results up because I know how hard every other team has been working, and like I look at Northern Ireland, look at Canada, and like. Normally, like a Team Wales lineup, historically, should be like normally considered stronger than those two countries in general. But I know how hard they've been working. And if I look at it, I think we, they really do deserve to like win, like because of the effort they're putting in. You know what I mean? Canada's rotting around a 16 man lineup, for goodness sake. Northern Ireland's running ridiculous boot camps in uh, Bangor, or wherever they've gone, scrimming every team under the sun and swapping lists in advance with Denmark. Oh, wow. <laughs> just like. Yeah, and we're just there, just like, what, what does a primary do? Okay, so you feel like yeah. the team maybe is underprepared because you just haven't had the ability to prepare more. Like, uh, there's a lot of people on our team who've been doing oh my God, doing extraordinary work. Like, um, we've got Ash Loftus on our team who's been doing amazingly well. Nick Council as well, who's been doing really, really good work. And we've got a couple of coaches now as well. Um, so, I, you know, I, I want them to, like, to have a good time and, and, and do well themselves. But it's also one of those where... I'm not going to force or push players on our team to do like more than they feel like they can do in terms of prep, right? It's not like we're a team of eight dudes who are all just coming all of our free time to this, right? Yeah. Like you think of this, like a lot of our team has been playing this game for so long, and I'll, even post 2019, we're three years older, man. Well, I was 25 in 2019. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm still in my twenties, but I'm looking at like house prices and I'm looking at, I'm obviously not got a job at the minute and what have you. And I'm looking at it and I really need to spend my time doing other things. Right. Okay. Um, so now I'm, I'm, I'm still putting effort into it up until we get there. Cause I want to do well for my team. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, in a, in a way you get, you get what you deserve, but at the same time, I still think we can, we've still got a lot of good players and a lot of strong, we, we could cause some, some, uh, it's it's weird to call call it upsets, but in terms of um, prep to actual output, yeah, we've, we've got a chance of taking a few Ws. Let you know. Okay. Um. So yeah, 
All right, well, we'll, we'll see how you feel when you get back. Obviously, that'll be a couple of weeks before we get to hear about it. Um, I don't, it's not being streamed, so people won't be able to watch any of it online uh, or know what's happening. I think you can follow along on BCP is the I'll only real way. I'll tweeting about it as I go. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, lots of people will be tweeting as yeah. they go, right? There's 28 teams yeah. playing, um, yeah, and they're teams of eight. Uh, so it's going to be... Although, mate, have yeah. you seen the state of Friday? Are they so, part of me? Friday, we are yeah. playing... F- Three rounds of 40k. Before everyone says, oh, it's just normal tournament day, isn't it? They're four-hour rounds, Rob. What? That's 12 hours of Warhammer. They're four-hour rounds. What about the Saturday and Sunday? We're playing two games on them as well. What? So it's three We're rounds lucky we didn't of... get nine games. What? So there's seven rounds, not six rounds. Seven rounds, three on the Friday, four hours long. And then two two-hour rounds on each of Saturday and Sunday. Wow, that's so. Is is it capped? Isn't it just like regular? Like, is it is it just to make sure there's one true winner? Yep, twenty-eight wow. teams. Wow. Oh, 12 hours of forty k in one day. Dear God. Then you've got the lunch break. Yeah. And you've got the break between the rounds. So I believe we start at nine in the morning on Friday. Yeah. And we finish at half past ten. Oh boy! And yeah, go on. You're not just playing um, normal 40k. You're playing Team 40k, the most nails event in the world. Oh boy! I mean, to be fair, none of them have played uh, uh, that war game Wins. that we played at the weekend, the card thing. <laughs> BattleTech. No, not I'm not. That. You, that's that's just great segue, Rob. Off you go, Squiver. How are you doing? No. Hey, no, no, no. I'm, no, but I'm uh, no. I'm Tom. I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to hearing how it goes. Like it sounds like a lot of effort, um, and I actually I think that that's actually going to be really integral and a part of the conversation we talk about later, which will be the rankings. So actually, like I think uh, a lot of what you've said there, specifically like money, time, are such key components with developing a 40k sports team because that's really what it is. You know, yeah. um, Mate, I've been I've been a big proponent of this i want to see 40k do this i always have like my entire competitive thing for the last 10 years has always been about driving this kind of professionalism 40k but it's come a little bit too late for me um i I can't commit to that anymore yeah a couple of years ago yeah 100 percent. yeah down now and that's okay that's okay Good. Well, I, I, listen, uh, I'm excited to see how you feel after. I wonder, I wonder yeah. if there's like a lot of trepidation before and after Like you feel like, wow. We'll, I'm sure but... we'll have a great time because all the boys I'm going with are fantastic lads. And no matter what happens, we're all still going to be mates there. And I'm, If we lose seven rounds, I don't think we're going to lose seven rounds, by the way. But if do we you, do, do you, have, do you have someone you want to headline? Is there someone Sorry? you'd love to smash over the tabletop? Like someone you'd like to like well, I've actually, dominate? I've actually got a strap for one of the teams, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, okay? Because I don't want them prepping for it, okay? Okay. <laughs> one of the right. teams in our group is getting a strap, all right? Okay, that's very interesting. I think interesting. I've actually told the Northern Irish about this. So, Irish, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, looking forward to that. John, what's up? How's things? Yeah, man. I've had a, a busy week. Uh, I played three games of 40k on the weekend because uh, I happened to run an event at the T-Sports Arena, which is quite a change because I've, I've sort of run an event for my birthday in April. But um, if you remember sort of May time, we were talking about this whole narrative, competitive match play sort of thing and how the two things are almost completely independent thing so i thought right i'm going to set this challenge to myself let's make a match play event but with story yeah so this weekend 
I did a 16-man event hosted by the wonderful T-Sports Arena of Tempest of War. So um, for those of you that don't know what Tempest of War is, it's what was called Maelstrom in previous editions of 40k. Um, so you basically have a deck each of 20 secondaries, and each turn you draw back up to three secondaries, and literally that's what your mission is for that turn. Um, the other big change is that... Um, the objective markers apart from one of the iterations of the mission it's five objectives and they're player placed which i had forgotten how much of a difference that can make because obviously ninth edition missions generally have been pre-planned by the the kind of the mission pack that the objectives are there there and there and it's set in stone so this was quite a, a bit of a change um the one big kind of twist i did for the narrative was rather than trying to make it where everyone has to write a little bit of a story, all this sort of thing, it was basically at the end of each round, I passed out a bit of narrative for people and kind of showed that the story was kind of progressing um, with the goal that by the end of it, the consequences of what happened throughout the event showed kind of this is the story at the end. Um, the other bit was there was, rather than just being like 16 players turning up, it was a group of four people playing all Chaos Factions a group of four playing all imperium and then the xenos was split into two uh, alliances one called raiders which was orcs gene stealers nids and Drakari, and then all the other good xenos guys were in civilization so the kind of it was trying to give this kind of a soft feel to teams because originally i was wanting to do the whole team's pairings like the wtc but that combined with the cards it felt like a step too far for the kind of the first one of it because picking up how these cards kind of work and play if you're not kind of if you've not played it before can be quite a bit i think but it seemed to go really well uh how did you find it rob because uh you were there with nikos kind of being his uh his fluffer right yeah basically <laughs> nick, nick nick was good enough to take me through uh as his team buddy so i got to double up and be a like a uh, just his like laughing and jokes mate which was fun with his necron army which is quite fun actually um it was like really like <laughs> it's quite fun playing with an army that you don't really know how it works going in because uh, like he was like uh, hey like he was like all right Rob we only shoot stuff I was like okay but surely we'll do some fighting and then by game three I was like we do no fighting we fight nothing no fighting allowed in this um, only shooting and then like no AP uh, so we were playing with Necrons which is super fun and it was a bunch of vehicles uh, which meant we got to retreat and still shoot obviously at minus one. Um, and then everything was objective secured. So that seemed quite fun. Our Annihilation Barge is popping off and just doing loads of shots. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. The Necron Army was like quite fun to play against. Um, again, I haven't played a 40... Uh, uh, sorry, say that again. The Necron Army was quite fun. Yeah, it was. It was. It was fun to... Like, well, the thing, bit for me, Tom, is that, again, I haven't played a 40k in a while and also haven't played a 40k tournament for a good while. Um, mm. And my kind of key takeaway, like I've got a couple of key takeaways from, from the event that were about 40k generally, and then I'll talk about John's version as well, was number one, <laughs> um, it, it, like incredible aesthetic. Like what an incredibly aesthetic game, in my opinion. Like everything is cool. Like, you know, like, I mean, I, I played, we played Jukari. The uh, Jukari player we played was a, an absolute treasure, actually. It was like he was a babe. But, like, I really couldn't give a fuck about, like, the, the, the succubus or the slith or whatever. I was just like, and it seemed to be, like, infinite. Oh, caught the archon. Yeah, yeah this, like, it this just, big blob of it. <laughs> uh, no, it was just more they were like, these are trueborn. Like, they didn't really, they weren't very evocative. So that's probably the one that, like, as an army, he was brilliant. But as an army, I was, like, not too stressed about. 
Um, played Orcs, and they were super fun. And again, very themey, and it was just great having the boys. But yeah, so my number one takeaway is an incredibly aesthetic game, especially if you even remotely... Like, I, this is going to probably make you laugh. <laughs> I don't know if Games Workshop know that they're sat on a gold mine. <laughs> Like, I know that sounds really ridiculous. Nobody can smell that shit from a mile away. I <laughs> no, I don't think... No, I think that they're a company that's only ever failed upwards. But, like... <laughs> like... <laughs> like... Uh, like, you have, like, some of the most evocative lore in anything ever. Like, you know, me and Tom, pre the show, we're talking about the new Digimon game and the fact that Digimon is a pretty solid IP. Star Wars is a pretty solid IP as well. Like, you know, for like, you know, no, it's pretty shit. for people who have Love Island and stuff. If, if you like um, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah whatever. Like, but like, I'd, I'd rather play a, a Love Island war game than uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But my, but my point, my point is, my point is, is that like, if ever they made a very easy to access game of 40k, which we all three of us are pretty confident now that 40k is absolutely not. I was speaking to Dick van der Hoosen on uh, Twitter only a few days ago, and I said, I said, Dick, I'm just not as into 40k at the minute because at some point in the past year and a half of being super busy, I let it slip. Yeah, and it's just you don't know where to jump back in. You just even with like a new chapter approved. The content creators have had it like months ago. They've already done like a tier list and a thingy before you've even read the book. And you're like, oh, am I out? And well, they're like, and then they've won an event. And you're like very... Well, his, his, it's not even about events necessarily. Like I'm looking at Age of Sigmar and I really enjoy playing Age of Sigmar. Don't get me wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But I look at it and let's say, it's, oh, there's a new general handbook coming out. And then I haven't bought it yet. But now I'm getting around to maybe buying it um, after Worlds, maybe. When did general's handbook come out, Rob? A month Last ago. Month. What was that? Sorry, a car came a out. Month, a month ago. Last it came month, out yeah. a month ago. So by the time we've got to the end of Worlds, it'll be about six weeks ago, right? Yeah. We've only got four and a half months till the next one. Well, I mean, yeah, it's fast, If I right? go out and buy it, by the time I've digested it, it'll be like two months in, right? So it's uh, like Tom, four months I've... of gaming. Tom, I've got, um, actually, I've re been really needing to uh, send the GHB PDF that I got sent to Games Workshop. So if I send it to you first, will you forward it on to them? Uh, oh, of to, thank you, thank you. So as to make sure that we're reporting on them, that'd be good. Um, okay, <laughs> no, okay. So no one, I, I, don't I could access the rules by just asking my mates what the new rules are. Mm. But I can't justify like buying a new one every six months because if I'm just a casual player, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Okay. That's the, that, I agree with you. I agree with you. Right. And so that's kind of my point about 40k. Because if they made 40k more accessible to 90% of their player base, which is the casual players, yeah. Even though those casual players don't actually then ever actually fucking play, but doesn't matter. Side note. Yeah. Like if you made it like, and I guess like a huge portion of it is because it's challenging. But like if you did that and you did that in conjunction with like an amazing like Netflix, Amazon Prime, whatever series, the whole thing would just be like a different planet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whatever yeah. happened to the um, Warhammer TV show is still going on, right? Uh, Warhammer Plus? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? The Plus? Um, yeah, yeah, Warhammer Plus. Uh, plus there's, is... there's the old battle report, right? <laughs> I think That's the about plus... as close as we get. I think, I think the Plus is, is... I don't know what's going on with the Plus. Because I haven't it's behind a paywall. spending like, the thing on it yet because I'm still unemployed. But when I'm employed, I was going to get it. Yeah, like, my point is... My point is, uh, is that yeah. like I don't think like we've talked about that before. But being behind a paywall means it's pointless. Like the obviously okay. not the actual tutorial elements of it, but what I mean by that is the like no, the, of course, yeah, the, the, the those are really good. 
Yeah, yeah, because the, the point I'm talking about is... I was just wondering about shows. Is it, but if yeah. you, okay, so you know like like when we were all tweeting each other live at the end of Game of Thrones? Do you remember how fucking hilarious that was when we were, watched, we yeah, were all just watching I mean, it tweeting? Game of Thrones was very funny as well. <laughs> yeah, right. But my point is, my point is we were so all, like, as a cultural zeitgeist invested, 40K has 100% got the ability to create a cultural zeitgeist around itself, as yeah. big as Star Wars, as big as Marvel, as big as anything else. So my point was... Uh, it's a long story, uh, but basically, it's amazing. 40k, the setting, yeah. 40k, the miniatures, is amazing. If they could just make the game just be a little bit more like user friendly, casual friendly, then then it's the tits, in my opinion. So that was my first takeaway. I was like, holy shit, this is good. Yeah, that was my first takeaway. And then also, holy shit, this is terrible. Also, because I was like, there's a lot of rules, but mainly we yeah. just hit on twos, so it was easy. Um, that wasn't too stressful. Um, follow up. Uh, like Necrons were fun to play with. I enjoyed that. Nick was great to play with, so I enjoyed that. Loads of great people. Mm-hmm. Everyone who I played was great. So the community is great. Loved that. Um, uh, that was my takeaway. And then, so like pretty much the boards were fantastic. Just saying, hashtag I painted them. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I guess my last bit. Um, uh, my last bit is uh, John obviously did like made it as part of a narrative campaign. I I I gave John some feedback. Um, uh, but like, I actually loved that part because we were part of like a coalition. So John organized four different narrative coalitions and like one of those coalitions won in the end, which ended up being chaos. But like, it really gave me personally something to really root for. Like, cause I, I, like I was in my game and I was like, Nick, I'll go find out how the rest of the coalition are doing. He's like, yeah, no problem. And I went over, I was like, how are we doing? It's like, my Necrons aren't doing well, Rob. Martin was having a rough time. Yeah. But like, Poor he's Martin. just really funny to talk to. <laughs> like, I like talking to him a lot. And then, um, and they go over to everyone else. It was just nice. Like, I think pretty yeah. sure Pershaw, Pearl, Paul was on my team as well. And then Adam yes. was on my team. So like, I just kept going up to him. I was like, Adam, how are we doing? He's like, everyone charged my tower, Rob. It's a disaster. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then like, Pershaw was just like, my avatar of Kane. The avatar of Kane was just always in combat. I don't know. There was no point. I went to that table. The avatar mate, of Kane wasn't in combat. I, I can't wait to get mine assembled and painted, mate. I really want to use it. It's down there in its box. He was just always just fighting someone. I want to play Avatar. And I want to play Young Kane. If it didn't charge you, do it. We're gonna have to roll it so I can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so like overall, and I fell back to John that maybe like because it was part of an ongoing like after each round, John, this is right. Someone yeah. won. Yeah. Someone won something. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, so the, the results kind of then fed the story. Um, what I did is I then handed out kind of snippets of the the narrative to people um, for the last round. So you I actually have, like, read it out. Of what the possibilities were. Based yes, on there was a no. lot of variations to it. So I I may have cheated a little bit and predicted how i thought it was going to go for the end results funnily enough i was right so the story ended up being it was almost foreseen because the chaos gods are the chaos gods um so what i did for the last round is actually read it out in front of everyone to kind of reveal what had happened and uh, one of the three planets they were fighting over actually got turned into a chaos demon world so the next event there's going to be a chaos demon world to fight over so it it will have an impact um and taking on rob's kind of feedback on that for the next time I do it, I've actually got a friend that's a, a voice actor. So I'm going to get some videos done and have her narrate it and then play it to everyone beforehand. Because I think that'd be fucking cool, right? That she it, was, this kind of... it was honestly cool being part of a faction. Yeah. Like, that was honestly wicked. Like, you could also do that in Age Sigma. I loved it. So much so that mm. I've got an event this weekend and I'm kind of like trying to... I might co-opt it. I might just be like, by the way, 
based on the event results, destruction one this week or something. Like, because yeah. it was re- you, like, and I just rooted for everyone. It was in my like my little yeah. uh, like team, and it was so. I was like, I get team sports now. I get why people yeah. want to belong. I un- finally understand what so family is. I, I'm going to be entirely honest here, guys. Yeah, I yes. completely forgot that this was happening this weekend. That's okay. all right. That's okay. So can you let me know when the next one is, Scribble? Because I want to go now. It, it will be fun. the 25th and 26th of February, unless Rob books the arena out again. <laughs> unless that, unless that Sheffield slaughter. If it I is, will... get your priorities. No, right. I'll go to Sheffield slaughter because it's like five yeah, minutes fair enough. from my house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. I uh, I wasn't in the greatest way last Sheffield slaughter, so uh, so I'll actually experience it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and as, as as a format, Rob, yeah, like you just said that I think it would work doing because I know that some of the narrative Age of Sigma stuff, which is where I kind of took inspiration from, have done that. Like, uh, what's the big narrative event guys used to do before COVID? Oh God, they used to do it where it was basically the Grand Alliances would push a story. Oh yeah. Um, oh God, what are they called? This is this is awful. So I nicked it from them and then I've forgotten what they're called. But yeah, they did it. So I think it worked really well for kind of events at the uh, the arena. The only challenge was I had to kind of limit who bought tickets for which factions. Okay. Which required a bit more effort on my part, but it could scale up quite well as well, I thought, eventually. So I think it would scale quite well. I yeah. really do. I just think like just a little bit more work like before the yeah. round, after the oh, round. Uh, yeah. And then also, John. You got to be mean yeah. to people about round timings. It's got to oh be god, like... that was my biggest challenge. Was it got twenty minutes into the final round and I was just like, "Cool, they're still on the end of turn three. So I literally had to say, "Dice down." You got to be. You got to be a meanie. You I need to be to better be... with that. But yeah, you that's, gotta, you... that's not my in my nature, and I, that was a good experience for me to learn to be a bit more kind of like, "Right, guys, come on, I need I need a result because you're holding everyone up from going home." You played some games. How did you find it? I found it quite tough because I didn't quite appreciate the format as well as I could have maybe for my list. It was because my list was very much at the last minute as a, as a filler. Um, but it was, it was good fun. Um, one thing I'd kind of stolen from previous events I'd been to at uh, the TSN arena was the middle two ruins rather than just being breachable. We made it um, them non-breachable. So suddenly you had this whole dynamic of the table where you couldn't just have infantry just piling on through. And that really ruined me. <laughs> I, I kept catching myself out with my own ruling. But it was great because then suddenly people went, actually, this train isn't just as clear cut as it seems. Like, it's not just ruins and woods. And I think we should see more of that, really. I mean, it's slightly more intricate. Yeah, but then making it have a purpose by putting some non Yeah, AC stuff. was pretty gutted putting the 40k terrain out because I was like, oh, this makes my Age of Sigma terrain look shit. So like, I've been like, I've been like working on like what the next Age of Sigma board's going to be, and I'm actually like a bit heartbroken. But it looks great, like, and and I, I'm hyped to do the next 40k board as well. Like, honestly, as an aesthetic, as like a, as a, as a miniature game, as a cinematic experience, and hanging out. If you're a nerd, which I am. It's incredibly evocative. It's wicked. Like that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. That's my that's my ten cents. All the rules be damned. Everything yeah. else be damned. I just enjoyed watching shit fight, like and shooting stuff. And it was also really fun. Like like I was like at one point like Nick would like be like right oh uh, yeah I can see my outs. We're gonna do this. And I'm like okay Nick we got this. And then the attorney be like that obviously didn't happen. Rob I was like no we have no AP. <laughs> Nick. I reckon, I Nick reckon. we have no AP Nick none. Sorry what are you saying Tom? I reckon Nick is actually really good at this kind of 40k. He because was. he always takes weird non-meta bullshit yes. and so does he, really well with it his anyway. List was so a great everyone example else of is it. running with non-meta bullshit as well, mm. he's gonna fucking shit on everyone. Yeah, it's true. 
What do you think, John? Yeah. So um, Nikos's list was a good example of like it was very skewed kind of having the transports then just shit out Necron Warrior blobs everywhere, which is like that actually creates lots of problems. And it was really, it was fun to see his list and Martin's list being so polar opposite. And fun enough, all the heavy, like loads of vehicles seem to be really effective. I don't know if it necessarily won games, but there were close games. I yeah. think the results for him. And that was, what, I think what was quite interesting was seeing how close, like we had a, a hundred, hundred nil uh, draw in one round. And I was like, how the fuck? Oh, that's happen? one of the few. That, that was bonkers. Oh, <laughs> how does that even make sense? Uh, so uh, the uh, that's my bit of feedback. That obviously, yeah. uh, and this is super important. Those cards are actually terrible. Like, as in, yeah. as in, like you would just make a deck of your own, right? Because the cards were like cards were either the cards were either because um, you drew three at the beginning of your kill like, a unit. <laughs> Or no, they, something you're never going to do. They're either ever. like, get all of their objectives in their territory, turn one, and you're like, oh, what? Or it's like, yeah. defend all well, of your... players licking their lips. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think you could write better ones, basically, is what I'm going to say. I and, think so. And, like, and I enjoyed it. Uh, okay, John, congratulations on the, uh, a great and resounding event. And it was won by Chaos, is that correct? Yes, it was. And the, the actual top general was a Black Legion player who had a Baden, which um, now I've seen that new Chaos book... Not surprised. Uh, not surprised. He's got, he's got a lot of toys in that Abaddon model. Has he got AP? He's, very... <sighs> he's got everything, Rob. He's got loads four of AP, marks mate. of chaos. He's got loads of random shit. Mate, I've been playing it's 40k just... this weekend. Just get some AP in your in your face. Tom, you got any AP for the for next week? <laughs> <laughs> he's playing Necrons, man. He's got core. Um, it's all like AP free. All right. Apart from a couple of heavy destroyers that are AP one. Oh, uh, no. That's that won't work. That just get yeah, them out. change I, them. I, I tried to convince myself to take the big heavy guns. In fact, you know what? I don't really like the heavy destroyers in general. I think they're kind of pants. Okay, good. But, um, very in my list now. Um, can you change it? Which is kind of sad because uh, what isn't in my list are any Catan shards. Oh. I have some up there. Can we can we change yeah. your list just right now? <laughs> Mate, <laughs> for worlds, no. But what if you just turn up with a different list? What are they can do? Oh, Put you, you what, back mate. on a plane. They can't Brexit you back, Tom. It's true. It's true. They can't do that. Um, but I, I also can't really use my Nightbringer right now because Abaddon isn't in play. Well, I... Like if Abaddon was in play, maybe I play the Nightbringer. But in the current meta, not, not great. Not great. Okay. Well, talking about the current meta. Oh, so for context on that, the Nightbringer is really good into Abaddon because Abaddon has a wound cap like Gaskell does and like Catan shards do. Yeah. Um, but the Nightbringer ignores rules like that and the Monorable saves, so he just kind of kills him. Oh, okay, mm. that makes sense. Okay, yeah, that's nice. I like that. Uh, okay, uh, hello Neil in the chat. Love to see you. Um, okay, so uh, with that news, just FYI, uh, in three weeks, if you want some news before we get to the news section, Rob and Tom, well, not this Tom different tom will be in canada at capital city bloodbath i'm glad you clarified that doing, i was very scared when i first doing saw live coverage <laughs> of capital city bloodbath 40k where rob this rob learns what the hell is going on i'll be like have they got ap <laughs> expect that question a lot yeah rob tom how yes. many of the top players in north america are going to be Capital find out later find out later when we look at the uh the ranking system i agree all right should we move on to news do you guys want to do yeah. hot news from the hot from the hot presses yeah okay yeah. so yeah. the yeah. first bit of news is the horus heresy thursday tom is a long wolf long-term space wolf player you'll be excited to know 
yeah, that they've released an upgrade pack for the Space Wolf helmets. However, I was actually considering doing Space Wolves as uh, my Heresy Legion, but I wanted to pay a new Primark, and I've already got Limitless, so I didn't. Okay, all right. Well, uh, somebody know uh, Tom, uh, John. Have you seen this yet? Have you seen these heads? Yes. Um, I'm uh, a big fan of Beakies. Correct link there, Rob, because there's two I'm, links in that chat. I'm oh. not a big fan of Snouties rather than Beakies. Not you're not a fan of Snouties. My question yeah. to everyone is because this might seem silly, but did Snouties exist previously? I thought Space Wolves were less into everything being wolfy at that point. I, I thought their whole thing was this, there's definitely no wolves on Fenris type of thing. Um, they kind of played it down a bit, but this feels like they've gone completely against that. But I, I might be wrong. For the podcast listeners, this is important. Uh, Games Workshop have released a bunch of Space Marine heads, which I'll include in the show notes. And those Space Marine heads are effectively robo-wolf heads... Um, and now, uh, Shadowson in the chat said they did previously exist. Yeah, so they they did for the tactical squad, whatever they're called. Wolf is it not the Wolf Guard, but the other ones? There was one of these heads on the upgrade kit for the firstborn. Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. See people picking them. Like you've heard the term "jump the shark." <laughs> yeah, this jump is the space it. Shark, you mean. This is it. This is it. The Robo Dog Helmet. As far as I'm aware, goes against the Great entire hunt. point. I don't know. Like, yeah. this is awful. Am I wrong? Like, what you do are. you all think? You you think I'm wrong, so, Tom? You like it? I I fucking love them. Yeah, but you're I, like I think they're awesome. So you're like three minutes away from being a furry. Have been a thing like in Space Wolf upgrade packs yeah. ever since the Codex came out. Yeah, you've always been a thing. You get two of these for every ten heads. I'm completely out on, on this. You make make mm. the grey hunters. You put these helmets yeah. on. You give them a stupid banner that makes them re-roll ones for their saves and for their hits and for their wounds. It's bloody amazing. Give them one melter gun. Give them like a combi weapon on the sergeant as well. Mate, 145 points, five grey hunters. Oh, oh. I don't even five, ten grey hunters, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant, mate. The nostalgia when I saw these, fantastic. I do think they let themselves down a little bit because I think... I would have preferred to see the paint job on my shoulder pad in yellow. I'm not sure how I feel about the embossing. Because the embossing, it doesn't look as good to me as just like it being flat. It doesn't look like what I'd imagine. But I understand it. But it also makes it easier to paint as well, right? So you can come in, come do the yellow, and then you paint around it, right? So I get it. Um, but, and also, if this is the upgrade. You don't even have to use those. You could just use the helmets and then like do transfers or something. But I actually really like the helmets. They're not even robo doggy helmets. They're just regular doggy helmets. They are robo doggy helmets. The ears. The ears have got little little panel bits inside grills. them. Yeah. They've got little yeah, grills. So. Yeah. Is it a robo backpack as well? Because it's got a grill in it. <laughs> so Colvin Mark in the chat makes a great point. Is there a wrong way to have fun? Question mark. Then obviously no. no. Yes. But this yes. might be one of them. <laughs> Like playing tower is a wrong way to have fun because <laughs> at the expense of someone else. It just it, it just convinces me that there is still subjectiveness in model sculpts. Like sometimes yeah. I'm not gonna like things and that's fine. I really like these. Cool. It just helps me decide I'm not touching them with a barge pole. And that if other people get great joy out of buying them and painting them, great. I'm not and also, like mate, it. if you hate them, you'll get great joy out of killing them. Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I just this is like and again, if your first owner is whatever it is, and you have a first owner, like I support your right to have a first owner, but I'm no, just that, telling no, no, you that's that really blurry. 
I just don't want the first owner. That's all I'm going to say. Um, okay. All right. So, so currently we're we're two to one on the on loving this, John. Yes or no? Not really. It's not my cup of tea. I like Space Wolves, but my opinion was the Heresy. I thought they were kind of meant to be a little bit more Legiony. So the the helmet doesn't quite fit for me. But that's just my kind of head cannon, I suppose, as much as anything. Yeah, well, so Space Wolves now confirmed to be furries. Welcome to uh, 40k. Uh, okay, uh, not sure about them, to be honest, but sure. Uh, but it's a 2-1 vote. Okay, next up, okay, Kill Team. Okay, mm. so we've just had announced and showcased the hot new Kill Team box. Um, and so uh, the contents is pretty pretty hefty in that it's yeah. a load of uh, very small walls uh, to build a kind of... Um, uh, it's it's meant to build, isn't it? Meant to build the inside of a of a, a space hulk. A space hulk, yes. Yeah. yeah. So what th- what they've said what they've said for this is that each box every quarter will add to this terrain as well. So it's just going to become even more crowded. <laughs> okay, so that's fun. So like, so they're actually instead of each one being individual, it's part of like an ongoing release. So I don't know if it means it'll kind of replace something in here or be switched in, or it might be a different corridor kind of section but it sounds like it's all themed around it being space hook bits so you'll notice there's things like um loads of containers and walls and separate bits of scatter as well which will have an impact in kill team and there's some doors that look like they could even be hinged to open and close like bulkhead doors okay yeah oh yeah yeah they look hinged it looks cool. it looks really quite cool um i think this is gonna be a very expensive box though because of the terrain because of the terrain. So originally I thought they were going to keep their normal price points because I thought they were going to do the whole, here's a couple of doors and that's it. But 140 quid is what they've been doing for Warcry that's on pre-order for the relaunch. This has got the core book and the book for playing indoors. So I think this is going to be 180. So this I think gets, it's going to, it's going gets, to jump even higher. So this gets you two books. It gets you the core book so it gets and you the, the core book and the campaign for playing in, indoors. So that, that looks expensive to me. Oh, wait. So it costs... Like, so there's another book to teach you how to play inside. Yeah, because the, wow. the core book is the current book that's floating around already. It's like, playing outside? Is, over there, which Exclusively is playing... during the day? Yeah. Yeah, just in, in normal ruins and containers and all that sort of shit. And you can fly around if you've got flying, which I don't think anyone has yet. Okay. No, so drones is... Drones do. There we go. Okay, but this, uh, but the, this other book is... So, so uh, am I right in thinking that I couldn't play current kill team like in an outside setting on like a murky day. Like if it was like a bit too like grey, then not sure how we'd that works. We'd never play in the UK, Rob. If that was the case, we'd never play. I'm in just the UK. asking. I'm just like like so. Is it is it dark? Is like is it like or what? Like what are we talking about? Like seven p.m. Like a bit too dusky to play. I'm just asking. How does it work? Just ask your question, John. I, I don't think it matters, Rob. Okay, well. And I don't appreciate your tone. <laughs> it's a good fun game. It's just already getting to that point where they're going, let's make another iteration of it and do it as a season, like they seem to have done with the last lot, quite successfully. But it's then putting another layer of, let's do an indoor version, which... It's super popular. The they, had, they have had events at Warhammer World. You've both attended Kill Team events. Yes, yeah. and they've got none booked for the rest of the year, which is odd because every other system has events booked for it even blood bowl does but they sold so out i don't know those, what that says they sell out for those events uh yes did they sell out for kill team as well that's what i'm they saying did the kill team. Team. that's yeah, what i'm saying they, they sold out but there hasn't been any announced events which is a bit of a we'll shame run our own, screw, though. screw it I, I want to i just got to sort out yeah. some terrain 
What, some Kill Team Terrain? Yeah. I've been trying Rocket. to figure out. It'd be way too expensive. Not one of these boxes. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely not. I feel like you could use Marvel no. Crisis Protocol Terrain for Kill Team, no? I don't think it's quite the same size. Hey, if anyone's, if anyone's watching this live or watching it back on YouTube or listening to us a podcast, Ooh. do let us know uh, where you think uh, we could pick up some good STLs or 3D prints <laughs> to be able to make our own um, kill team boards if you've got any suggestions. Uh, because some people will have great suggestions. They'll be like, actually, I was watching this other thing. Uh, and that would be a good yeah. bit. Okay, so uh, moving on, talking about the miniatures. Uh, we yes. finally got all of the crew. So we got the Imperial Navy uh, dudes and dudettes and yeah. MBs and everyone else. Uh, they look pretty fun. There's a guy with a big axe. They look a little bit like the Solar Auxilia from um, the Horus Heresy uh, with their kind of like bell um, like diver outfits. I don't know if you've yeah. seen Solar Auxilia uh, stuff before. Um, I think that looks pretty cool. Uh, you got any thoughts on this, John? I love them because it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for them to show other parts of the Imperium without it just being yet guardsmen type again. Um, and they did this with the Voidsman at Arms in the Rogue Trader box. <laughs> oh, we know how that ended. <laughs> yeah, and they ended up having a really good day. <laughs> but it's nice that, that we've now got a few more models in that sort of range that then if you're, say, wanting to do Acolytes to go with an Inquisitor, you've got some opportunities for plastic models to do that. Um, and quite often, like the way that these are set up, if you look, there's so many different um, styles of model. They're not just going to be five shooty guys. They're all going to have some purpose in Kill Team at least. So it looks like it might at least be a, a fun enough little gang to to play in Kill Team, which is nice to mix up a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I like these. I personally think that they're really cool. I like the shield guy mm. with the little like triple machine gun or whatever the fuck is going on there, which is fun. Uh, yeah. So these, I personally think these look very cool, very very cool, and yeah. gets me very excited about the Imperial Guard release, which we know has got like a range of new models. So like, I'm excited for that personally. Yeah. Uh, and then on to El Cruto. Um, I thought these were going, these were getting squatted, which is obviously funny now because squats coming back. So I thought these were going to get basically <laughs> removed from the game. They are coming back, to be fair. So you were right. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. Back in a big way. So yeah, literally they've been squatted, like, like, but they didn't do the going away part. Um, but it looks like <laughs> crew are back. Um, uh, such a fun aesthetic uh, yeah. because you know it's a truly alien race. Um, yeah. Very, you know, very much like Eldar, and well, I don't know if it's like like you know. Aliens in 40k is a bit interesting, right? Because they're all they're all a bit the same kind of thing. Yeah, am I making sense? Yeah. So the the last time they've really done anything new with the crew outside of Forge World was actually the launch of uh, the Tau book in 2001. So this is like quite revolutionary, actually seeing something new to them. Mm. And up until like I think they're still selling like the crew hounds are the same. They're the they're fine cast versions of the metal ones from when that was all released. So this work. is, I think, this is them kind of going right. Here you go, you get some new models in a roundabout fashion. So I think this is going to maybe replace the current um, crew hounds, but I don't think it replace the crew box because obviously you need lots of them. And we've seen it with the other warbands; they're often done as a separate box still, like the legionnaires for mm. Chaos Space Marines, that upgrade sprue is still locked into the kill team box and then you can still just buy the normal Legionnaires box without it. Has without anyone, has anyone ever said that they look like... Did you remember that, that, that film? Abe's Odyssey. Oh, They're was, from Abe's Odyssey, man. I That's what I think of. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Abe's Odyssey is good. But you remember the film where uh, they print a bunch of toy soldiers and then they go fight? Oh, you mean toy soldiers? Yeah, that. Major Chip Hazard. Boom. Yeah. 
They kind of look like them. Or the, the bad guys. The good guys from that. The yeah, good yeah. Guys. They were the good guys, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't, small soldiers. I hadn't thought about that. Small soldiers. Yes. Yeah. I actually had the PlayStation game, and that was great fun. <laughs> good. All right. Well, ran around playing as a Before toy. we move on, though, I do need to draw your attention to one of the things that you haven't looked at, Rob. Firstly, oh, yeah. there's crew with special weapons. Yeah. Oh. Most importantly, there's a Crute Eagle, Rob. There is a Crute Eagle. A Crute Vulture. Oh, wow. It Got it. Man, that is it. great. Forget the special weapon behind it. That bird is ending up everywhere. Bro, I could totally just paint up 10 bros and then it's play a cool, game system. Right? Like, yeah. that's completely within my wheelhouse to do I feel that. like you can make a menagerie of, of miniature animals at this point. You've got the toad. You've got the eagle. You've got... What else have you got? I don't know what there is. Well, I there's, mean, there's... so... Someone near and dear a... to my heart did actually say once that every single miniature, or at least miniature range, should have a little guy accompanying. You know, you've got Nurgle, and <laughs> then you've sell. got you've got yeah the crab, yeah know, yeah squigs. You got squigs for orcs, yeah, like like a little mascot. Yeah. yeah, like everyone just needs like basically you need the Nurgling for each faction, yeah. uh, not elves obviously because they're soulless, but everyone else. That's true. <laughs> like, they have souls just smash really likes to eat them no as in like, yeah you, you know what i'm saying so i just think so i think eagles are okay one but they've also got a little right. paparino look at this little fella um where's yeah. the paparino little crew hounds that's not a paparino look at it it's more they've always had crew hounds that doesn't count <laughs> yeah elves this. elves do have a psychic cat actually if you think about oh, it yeah, elves do have yeah, yeah they've got yeah. the you've rained yeah yes. they need more Sphirinx. though like they need several yeah. cats is what i'm saying yeah i reckon they're a crazy cat ladies that makes sense <laughs> it does make, make so much sense yeah. maybe too much sense <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> uh, right yeah. okay um so uh are either of you two and no, twitch chat you? Uh, either of you two <laughs> no you stay no you drop that conversation right now chat <laughs> What sisters have floated babies? You don't want to know what a phallus is. Well, actually, they are—they are totally corp. They're baby corpses that have been turned into drones, which makes it even fucking worse. Really? Like a like um like taxidermy. Basically, taxidermy. You know what I mean? Because like the the obvious next step for taxidermy is that you put a robot inside it. Yeah. Okay. Keep your dog alive. Yeah. Or whatever. Your baby. Yeah. Or it's clone grim, it. Or clone it. dark at the end of the day. <laughs> clone it is the other version, isn't there? There's quite a few people who, like, secretly under the radar have cloned their pets. Do you know this story? Um, yes. So um, Barbara Streisand's on, like, her fifth version of the same dog. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say Barbara Streisand's like the fifth version of Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> she might be. We just don't know. Yeah. I'm going to make a team of eight Tom Laytons. And it's going to, like... Oh, God. I don't think the world's ready for two. Wow. Wow, eight Tom Laytons is a lot, to, yeah, a lot mentally to picture. We're, we're, we're going to have an awful time. <laughs> <laughs> when one starts having kind of a meltdown at the situation. It's just all, all, all gone. All of them. There's no petrol. No one slept. Not one person slept. <laughs> oh, God. Right, okay. So next article. So either of you two and Twitch chat getting kill team. John, this feels like I it's always aimed at you. I really, I like the terrain. But I don't love the fact that I can see it's going to have a massive price tag to it. I'd love to buy the uh, the gu- the the the, uh, the navy guys because I really like them. But it feels frivolous because I've already got four or five kill teams. I don't need another one. Yeah, like it's whether or not like so the price I guess, point. I guess it's whether it all, those right? two like really tickle your pickle. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm just I'm on the fence because if that if it's where I think it is, where they've kind of gone past 140 on these boxes, 
I think it'll get to 100, maybe up to 180 because of that terrain. That's a big ask. That's a lot. Like a lot. Like a lot of money. Um, okay, it's halfway to a PlayStation 5, isn't it? Uh, all right, Tom, uh, this kill team, yes, uh, no? Maybe? Uh, does it have barricades in it? it um, it's got some walls. It's, I think it's a starter set, so it will have the barricades for you to uh, deploy your two barricades per oh, uh, turn point. Barricades. Maybe when I have cash. Okay, when you have cash. Okay. Well, probably not now, because I've got enough unbuilt stuff. You got, 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 yeah, got an empty good. shelf behind you, Tom. That could be your kill Yeah, that had shelf. my Necrons on it before. Mate, I'm going to show you something very quickly. Oh before I've been getting ready. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going in the hold of my Ryanair flight. Okay, Look looking this. good. It's looking good for the podcast. This is Tommy showing us I know, a very condensed, it. a very condensed 40k box. It's a KR case. A KR case. One case, all Necrons. Kind of hoping. Have you seen that Mr. Burns clip in The Simpsons? Where he's, he's at the hospital. And he, but he has so many of the diseases, none of them will finish him off. Yes. Oh, yes. yes, yes I yes. can't get through the door. I'm kind of hoping. I've got so many Necrons rammed together, none of them will break. <laughs> Fair. Let's see how it works. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, next, uh, next is win glory and prizes in this year's season of Warhammer Forty Thousand organized play. So, uh, John, just to just to kind of catch up on this, this is effectively stuff that Games Workshop sends out to local gaming stores to help them run small gaming events with like prize support and everything yeah. else. But this is importantly stuff you buy from Games Workshop. They so you buy, want to run a tournament yeah. and you buy a pack from them to yeah. run a tournament. Is that right? Yes, so it's a 36-man or woman or person, whatever or MB. person event that you can do. Um, and normally, but they've previously done these. There's lots of freebies and stuff, so they did it quite often. So, so they did it. Underworlds, Warcry, the old kill team. This is the so first time they've done one for 40K. Like, yeah. You say that you, you, they've done these before, right? Yeah. But I've never actually seen them in the wild. Yes. So a lot of, it, um, a lot of shops basically did it as a, an evening thing, a way of trying to get people in. But I found a lot of places, when they did the first run with Underworlds, that did really well. Then they did Kill Team 8th Edition, did all right. And then within six months of that, people stopped bothering because it costs money. And shops, unless they could make that money back, yeah. why would they bother? Yeah. And you don't need to, you can just do it yourself. Yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly smart of Games Workshop to make someone pay yeah. To buy a pack to run a tournament, which people have paid for pay. models and books to play in that tournament already. I think it's, yeah. it's like the third time they've had dinner on that single sale. The only thing of value in here is the secondary cards. Yeah. Yes. So what you'll see is a lot of shops, especially if they're an independent shop that don't actually have table space, you'll find them sponsoring events. And this will be something they throw in by sponsoring because it costs them 50 quid. Everyone gets some cards. There's a trophy and then a bunch of certificates. All of that Nothing only costs exciting. fifty. All of that only costs fifty, 50 pounds. Yeah, that's a bargain. A trophy what, is a probably trophy a tenner, yeah. and then the cards you're paying for cards and you're getting like a handful of certificates. I think it's first, second, third. I'm just thinking you can sell those painted. objective cards for like a five or each, right? And that's your money back. Yeah, you could. Like... But they only last for another five months, man. <laughs> I know, but what can I say? Uh, okay. All right, okay, so there's the organised play packs route. Get to your local gaming stores yeah. if you get the opportunity to. There's something about Aaron Orca. Okay, John, I, we've got to fucking... I can't talk about so it. So the only reason I'm going to mention this is yeah. that that desperate to try to sell this game 
that they've uh, they're putting it into heresy because heresy is actually selling. What do you mean they're putting so, it into heresy? So they're making a book where basically instead of it being 40k planes, it's now Horus Heresy planes. So they're doing a campaign book where you can go Space Marine planes against Space Marine planes because the game wasn't really selling, and then they started selling plastic Thunderhawk gunships, and everyone started buying them. So now people might actually start playing with those ones they've bought. Apparently it's quite a good game though, right? It's very uh, simple. Um, I've played a few other flying games and it's kind of taken a lot of inspiration on things like Blood Red Skies X-Wing. from Warlord Games. It's not very X-Wing actually. It's okay. very simple movements. Like X-Wing's got these um, movement gauges and you, you have to plan ahead and you might crash into each other. This is just hex-based stuff where you've got the speeds, but you can just move straight lines on the hex and everything hits on fives. So it's, all, it's quite a simple little game if you're trying to introduce people. Why do you think, why do you think it hasn't really like? Why do you think it really hasn't captured like the zeitgeist? I just don't think people care enough about. Is it quite it's a bit yeah. pie, isn't it? And it was another layer. Oh, like, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? When I first got into it, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. When it first came out, I was like, "Bro, yeah. I'm gonna get into this. This will be hype." And I got the starter box, and then I opened it up, and the sprue was crazy like one plane was like 30 bits and i just noped out right at that point i was like no chance am i doing this like zero percent chance just why just sell me the fucking one plane like because isn't the point of like miniatures that you like build yourself isn't like i guess the building the process is quite fun but isn't the fact that you can like kit bash it and stuff like one of those fun elements that people enjoy i know there are some youtube creators who only job is doing yeah. kit bashes basically yeah but i'm not going to kit bash this plane because it's like it's like a historical war game isn't it what am i going to do yeah it's got to be accurate like you're not going to put random shit on your thunderhawk gunship you want it to look like a thunderhawk gunship yeah and i don't want it to be 73 parts i would say that that's the difference between x-wing and this is that yeah you just buy it like <laughs> yeah. you buy like i've been into like when you go into local, your local gaming store and you look at the x-wing section or you look at like this the, the true connoisseur's choice, the Starfleet Armada section, yeah? And you go oh. in and you're like, ooh, ooh. Attack wing. Ooh, mm. <laughs> ooh, no, no, not Star Wars, Starfleet. No, Star Trek attack wing. Oh, Star Trek, Starfleet. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get all <laughs> excited, right? But it's the fully built thing, right? Yeah. And that's exciting. And he's like... And it's just... also painted as well. It's yeah. painted, so you just open it up. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. great fun. I, how much do you think it suffers from great. not being a frontline game as well, though? Because with things like X-Wing, it's very much if you want to play a Star Wars game, you've got X-Wing and you've got like Legion or something. And those yeah. are the frontline games. Yeah. And you'll have all the people who want to play Star Wars-based games will be playing that, right? Yeah. Whereas if you want to play a 40K-based game, you go and you just play 40K. Or you play True. Horus Heresy, maybe. True. Right? Whereas this is like... It, if this is something that people who already invest in that universe would be playing... But it it requires that stepping stone of the initial game, and therefore, and and then those people have to also have the resources and time to be able to go and play this game as well. Yeah. And as we know, success breeds success because it's a lot with a lot of these games. It's all about who else is playing it. Like I still maintain, I've played a lot of Hearthstone. I've played a lot of Gwent as well, right? Yeah. Gwent is the better game, but it never kind of hit the zeitgeist like Hearthstone did, right? Yeah. And because of that, I play more Hearthstone because there's loads of people who play it. And so I can easily get into queue and I'll play someone. Whereas with Gwen, it's not necessarily the same. Yeah, I think I think that's a, sometimes capturing that imagination is that, yeah. that key point, right? I think that's and what it, they were it, obviously hoping to do with the Heresy this year. 
Like they yeah. wanted to like reach that cultural zeitgeist with heresy. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't really know. Still haven't. Still waiting for them. It depends man, on how it is in like, the next year. Still waiting for them. Four hundred person uh, uh, heresy events that are nowhere. Not seeing any at the moment. I'm still waiting on all the drop. Like I'm still waiting on all the uh, upgrades Bruce to drop. Oh really? <laughs> Le- that's, legit. That's... I've got my mate with his Alpha Legion waiting for his fucking shoulder pads. I mean, compared to how, when the heresy initially launched, like he might get that it's in a year, which it used to be like you're gonna get this in seven years, basically. No, but when he when he's new to the system, it's not what he wants. He's not what he's he expecting now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that, that's what's, that's what I think killed Titan, um, Aeronautica is they launched it as Imperial Navy against Orcs. A year later, they did another launch box with two yep. new factions. By that point, no one's giving a flying fuck. We've all moved on. Well, well, luckily for him, he's got 50 books of Horus Heresy to wade through. Yeah, totally so he yeah. might still be going by the time they So drop. Yes Me Ball says, should have launched with more factions to develop an audience, making it piecemeal meant it was never big news. It kind of seems to... Like, honestly, it's something I could definitely read a shit ton of. Like, read about the planes and some of the other stuff. Especially if, like, the narrative that they put into it was actually pretty decent. The artwork looks great. Like, I don't know. Plane bros are a bit weird anyway, aren't they? So, whatever. Yeah. All right. I should have okay. just stuck to the original game, which was bomb- Bombers Over the Sulphur River, which was a great game. <laughs> what is that? That's, that's an old take. It was basically Orc Bombers. Trolls in the Pantry. Thunderhawk Gunship. Uh, um, Thunder Bombers or Lightning Bombers. Literally just fighting along this one board. It was just a very simple game GW did in like 97, 98. And it was super simple, but super cool. And it was just this little box, like a board game. And they never do stuff like that anymore. They just try to make it this big, sprawling thing unnecessarily, I think. Okay. All right, next up, uh, uh, our last bit of news. Oh, no, second last bit of news. Uh, some, <laughs> they've, they've released some naked <laughs> Leagues of Votan bros. So these are uh, the Chthonian Berserkers. Um, so here they are on the, on the screen. So... Uh, for people listening to this podcast, uh, they've got big fists, big power fists, uh, generally naked uh, upper torso, although we're thinking that isn't actually skin. A lot of people saying it's exo, it's exo armor with the skin colored. Uh, not sure how I feel about that. Uh, with a range of different weapons. There's a lady one. They've all got some big axes and some other stuff. Uh, Tom, did you have any initial thoughts or feelings about this? Yeah, they're aberrants, but for a different action. They are aberrants, but for a different <laughs> Yes. I saw these and I thought, that's an aberrant. <laughs> do you think these are going to suffer? Concept, do you think they're gonna, these guys are going to suffer from, uh, oh, sorry, these, yeah, these models are going to suffer from um, yeah. uh, the classic admech uh, problem, not having a transporter get over there when they're teeny? I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see. Like, we'll have to see what the rules do. Um, I, I, I wouldn't want to comment. I mean, they've got short legs. Yeah, that so should be slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which means they'll have run and charge. Like advance and charge. Uh John John <laughs> what you teleport mechanic, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. John, what do you think? See, the one thing I still can't get past is if you look at all of the um the handles of every weapon, they've got the same diamond pattern that every single army seems to have for all of their handles. It's almost like they they've followed the same design cues across They have the same sp- armor as Gene Steeler Colts as well. It's just it, it. That was the, it. Bothered me. I was like, "Oh God!" Oh, what you mean the the kind of leather strapping that they have on the axe yeah, handle and stuff? Where they're all all little diamonds on every single. Look at a custodian spear. You look at this. You look at a power hey, weapon on the space. Everything the same. Yeah, yeah. And then those gloves. You look at the um, servo ogrins in Necromunda. They've got gloves that are almost identical to those. It feels like, although yes, the ST 
sees them and be like they've got all of them, but it looks f- still oddly similar to a lot of the Imperium stuff, and that worries me a bit. I just wish they were a bit more ooh and exciting and unique. I think they're pretty exciting. Like <sighs> you got big hammer. There's this bro with like two fists looking like uh, Jinx. Um, is that right? Have I nailed that? Um, um, it's the other one. That's Vi. Vi, sorry. Yeah, looking a bit, look, giving us some big Vi energy there. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that I wasn't expect. This is what I was not expecting from Leagues of Votan. After we'd seen like the big spacesuits, we'd seen the guns. You what? <laughs> leagues of Legends have come out of the Leagues of Votan. Yeah, the Leagues of Legends, of course. You even got yeah. the Echo weapon on there as well. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there, yeah, there is. <laughs> There's all sorts of reference. And it's that like Jace's so hammer. We're literally just trying to take Mark Merrill's money. This is all this is for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, there should be similar design cues because of STCs, of course. And again, I think that's John. Like, like I quite like the fact that it's in-world referential to itself. Yeah, I get it. But I just, I was hoping for more at the same time. I wanted it to be like, have some of it, but then have their own. But it just doesn't feel as far away as I would have liked. But I don't know. It might. I might warm to it. I like these. I like these. Like, I, I'd love to see them fighting Marines and smashing them up. Uh, and then the final bit of news, Space Marines uh, in, in Japan. In Japan, they're releasing a, a gacha box. Uh, I don't know if everyone is so okay with When you what... say the word gacha in reference to Japan, I always think of something else. Yeah, of course. So what, what do you mean by this? Okay, so effectively, uh, a gacha game is where you uh, like turn in some tokens or money or something in-game or whatever. for a, It's a loot box. Gacha is a loot box effectively, uh, to draw a hero, a character, a monster. Which is very like... different from Gachi, which is a different thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. The, the, the... hello, Doomla. I hope you're well. Been ages. Oh, my gosh. Loads of love. That has been years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, John, do you <laughs> want to quickly explain it, what it is? So, what they do is they sell you a £40 pack of these that you can then sell for a fiver each, and there is six random sculpts, of which you get six of them in the pack, and then two duplicates. So... In Japan, quite often they do this thing where you can buy these kind of one-and-done packs. They can't randomize it in certain countries, though, so they have to say there's at least one of each of them in there. And I think the first time they did them, it was like, this one, you've got a 1 in 30 chance of getting the Space Marine Captain or whatever bullshit. Um, they, they've done, they did, so Space Marines, then they did Blood Angel Terminators, then they did Death Guard. And I thought, it because they've not done any for like the last two years, it was gone. And instead, they've gone back to Firstborn Space Marines again. Which feels very odd. It's so fun, man. It's cool. It's so weird, it's, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's such a weird product, but whatever. It's uh, yeah. So there are like like John says, there are eight in the pack, but all six. So you can just buy the box yourself. Yeah. Like, and then weird. you're done. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. Um, so yeah, huge fan of that. Love that. Like, I think that's weird. And there's a bunch of like Japanese people just like uh, being like, this isn't Gundam or anywhere near as Gundam. Uh, like nowhere near as good. Like- it's not, it's not Battletech, is it? Come on. Like, the real game. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah those are the sculpts from the first wave years ago, apparently, as well. So, are they also recycled sculpts? Like, they were blue last the, um, time. the one I, I can see here looks a lot like uh, a lieutenant I've seen before. So, if you scroll down, the one that's just above the £5 sign, or the first one that you see with the beard. Oh, they might be. It's just the same with a different head. Uh, have they just got, had a new paint job? Heroes, Series 1. Let me get a picture of Series 1. 
Oh my god, are we doing some investigative journalism? No, the no, they are different. Um, the guy <laughs> holding there's a guy holding a grenade, but Wait, they're not the spiky all the same. bits. There is uh, a guy holding a grenade in one of the on, on yeah. The there's that guy, but it's it's a clip. Yeah, I think the original ones. There you go. Let me send you a link, Rob, of the picture. Okay. Why all right, but apparently, the, apparently these are not. We've already spent more time than I wanted on this anyway. So whatever. It's a different. Oh no, it's a different head. That's why the sergeant looks different. There we go. They okay. they each have helmet and unhelmeted versions. He looks like a blonde yeah. avatar. Apparently, it's, it's the strange. first. It's the first set. But the half of the yeah. first set. Thank Be you. Done again. Um, Without the captain, because there was okay. a captain as like the one in a, a case, and it was a case of I think it was sixteen before, so they've halved it. Okay, well, I mean, whatevs. Like, let's be honest. Okay, on to the main subject of the show. Main subject of the show, and that is right. war game rankings. War game rankings. Okay, so okay. Uh, one minute and eight seconds. Uh, one one hour, eight minutes in. Uh, so war game rankings. Okay, there's a lot of news. There's a lot. Of, there, there was a lot of news. Yeah, it was good stuff as well. Like fun. Okay, so this is this is kind of um, super interesting because well, let's talk about like the history really quickly. I'll try and uh, be brief. But if you play 40k and you don't happen to, for some reason, know anything about the ITC, and I don't know how you ended up here before you ever uh, got to there. Can I, yeah. can I do a bit of history before you do your history? Yeah, go on, Tom. So we used to have a system called Rankings HQ, okay, which was very similar to ITC, except it was it wasn't really like a prize for it. It was just like your thing on the on the system, right? Yeah. Um, where you'd get points of how high you placed an event based upon the size of the event or what have you, right? Okay. And it was a lot of fun. It was still a worldwide ranking. Um. That stopped. Then we moved a few years later. ITC turned up and started doing their thing. Now you can do this bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, so then yeah, yeah so isn't it ITC? I just and did then, a bit of precursor because we did and then, and then and then effectively ITC was created, which was it used to be called the Independent Tournament Circuit, but now stands for the International Tournament Circuit. So uh, it's the same lettering, but actually different intent. Um, that changed like a few years ago. And uh, the thing with that is, is they have a, a score system um, where effectively, depending on the size of the event. Um, although England has really wrecked that recently. Uh, depending on the size of the event, um, you get points and rankings points. And then at the end of the ITC mm. system, which culminates at the, begins at the LVO, which is kind of around February time mm -hmm. um, every year, and then ends at LVO. Uh, and then you become either the best in the ITC or the best in your faction for the ITC or the best in your faction in your local area, in your local gaming store, however you want to minimize it down to, for the, to be the very best. And apart from like team tournaments, like Tom next week is at the World Team Championships for 40k, there hasn't really been um, many other ways for people to be able to like gauge their skill against each other. Really, if you were doing well in the rankings, right or wrong, you were considered to be doing very well and also a very skilled player. Uh, seems fair. Tom, you're in. So we could talk a little bit about why it's it's not necessarily objective. Let's let's start with the very basic premise in that the ITC, first and foremost, exists to sell tickets to big events run by frontline gaming. Mm -hmm. That right. is its purpose. Yep. It's also a fun thing for people to be keeping track of in terms of how well they're doing and incentivizes people to go to events, uh, hence the selling of the tickets thing. And it's, it's kind of enjoyable, right? I've got no problem with the ITC. It sometimes encourages people to get a bit uh, sweaty with regards to their egos, they get a little bit inflated. And, you know, I don't really necessarily mind that so long as you're not a dickhead to anyone. It's, it's, it's not a problem. But it's also one of those things where it's, it, it's very difficult to take it seriously as an objective ranking system. Because at the end of the day, it scales off of size of events rather than quality. 
So they've, they've had a bit of a waiting recently, but it's still a problem. Well, problem in inverted commas, but you get my point. For example, a few years ago, the winner of Nova Andrew, Andrew Gonio got uh, the same number of points for winning that event as the person coming 40th at the LVO. And that was someone who didn't even hit the bra- meet the bracket uh, for the uh, top 16 or top 8 or whatever they were doing at the time. So, for example, in a field of 600 people, I could win five games and lose one um, and get uh, an incredible number of points, right? Um, or I could go to a smaller event full of really, really good players and get fewer points for winning that event, right? Uh, because when you start increasing the size past a certain point, all the good players are there anyway. You're just adding more and more less experienced players, to put it politically, right? Mm. So you end up getting more easy wins and therefore harvesting those points. And so you end up with people at the top who generally attend lots of big events, right? And as we've seen with the UK events, now we're getting loads of massive UK events. Now, besides the average UK event has increased, you end up with lots of UK people in the top 10, 15 players specifically because of the size thing, not because they're suddenly much better than everybody else. Yes, exactly. So these players were as good. um, These players were as good. I mean, many of them have practiced a lot more, et cetera, et cetera. But what what, what Tom is effectively saying is, and I think it's really well put, is that the size of the events really like accelerated the growth of lots of these people in in the spotlight. So with that being, but, but... But that's not to minimize their achievement. But, not to yeah. minimize their achievement, and also, and also, this is super important. Was a system and is a system to help to understand how people are doing generally over the course of a season when they're playing forty k, which is useful. Okay, I genuinely feel that's useful. I play one year, and I'm like, and I have like, you know, it's a good enough play, snapshot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like even if I'm playing casually, I'm like, Do you know what? Over the course of that year, I like I came X in the ITC, but then you know, after I I went up by X, yeah, that's a yeah. good personal growth, especially for a game that we all play. Uh, when we play it as a game, and when we play it as a competitive game, it's nice to at least have that kind of metric, even if it's not super important to you. So I think it's good out there. Um, so uh, with that said, though, um, a, a new Gunahammer article came out this week. Um, which I think is uh, quite interesting. So it's forwarded by James Boone Kelling, and it's important yeah. to note that that, that was the case. So uh, he uh, introduced the War Game Rankings, which is a website that you can go on. Uh, so we'll just pop onto that now so you can see. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I've got it on another tab. Sorry, I should have I've just I've fucking wrecked the whole thing there. Okay, yeah, so <laughs> War Game Rankings. He introduced the creator, Bill, okay? Uh, and so very, yeah. very simply, I'll try and break it down as quickly as possible, 22 people vote on who they think, uh, from a certain region, vote who they think are the best players in that region. Now, it's like the Ballon d'Or. It's like, like what? Sorry, Tom? The Ballon d'Or. Could you explain it? It's a football trophy for the best player in the world at a certain time where you have a committee of experts who effectively vote uh, on players uh, to determine who is the best player in the world at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, yeah. So this is really good. I actually ended up deep diving it because there's some really good bits of story to to take away from this. So 22 experts vote on who they think the best players are, and then they start with. I think they get 20 votes. I think, and so like their first vote gets 20 points, their second vote gets 19 points, and it kind of goes along like that. So they get 20 mm, votes yeah. each, and then they accumulate all those scores together, and then you get a top 20. Now, um, I took a little time to read through all of this, and one of the interesting bits was um, uh, from. Uh, can you elaborate? Uh, sorry, can you elaborate a little on your inspiration? 
I really enjoy sports, particularly college sports, which are a huge deal in the US. For football and basketball, weekly rankings are published based on votes by the media. These create a great yeah. deal of enthusiasm and discussion and create a lot of enthusiasm among fans and sponsors. Um, there's plenty of rankings tiers about the 40k meta, but I was curious if I could try to replicate the ranking concept for competitive results. Okay, um, and I'm just going to quickly round this off with letting you know who is in the rankings and then we'll talk about everything to do with it, right? So okay, number, yeah. number one, Brad Chester. Number two, Thomas Ogden. Number three, John Lennon. Number four, Richard Siegler. Number five, Anthony Vanella. Six, Jack Harpster. Seven, Nick Nanavati. Eight, Ben Sherwin. Nine, Sean Naden. Ten, Brenton Weish, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes down. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing 11. Yeah. Skip 11 for no real reason. Because I'm uh, going to have this. Oh wait, oh wait, hold on. Is I no, that was unintentional. Eleven is TJ Lanigan. Eleven was TJ Lanigan the cheater. Are you joking? I didn't even read that. Oh, okay, I don't want to talk. About, like, no, let's not derail the discussion. Let's not because actually I think this is a really great discussion. Let's not derail it with TJ Lanigan the cheater. That's ridiculous. Um, All right, right go on, right, Tom. Right, you can right. have a quick one okay, on okay. it. You can have a quick okay. one on it. Okay. Right. <laughs> I didn't even read that bit. Oh my god! Oh my god! He does oh. wear a body cam. Doesn't stop him from doing and suspicious activities on Streamo and Somniac yeah. painting. Okay, let's yeah, put yeah. it that way. All to be right. fair, the body this cam is, stopped like, all okay, the police. Okay, before we get into rankings, I just want—I would, Rob, can you scroll up a bit so you get the hentai off the screen? Thank you. Okay, sorry. The adverts are a little, you know, okay. Distracting yeah. someone. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, yeah. that was right next to TJ. So I, I find it ridiculous because remember when the first TJ thing happened and he, and he had, the, had the dice issue, right? And everyone just, uh, there was a public outcry, right? <laughs> but then we, we, let, we let him back in and uh, it was, you know, it was, you know, fine, second chance and what have you. But then he blows it again and no one cares. I, I do not understand. What's the point in sending the warning if you're not going to adhere by it just because you're too much of a bitch to actually enforce it? I don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, like, I think, uh, yeah, I, yeah, like, I think that these persons should be banned, but whatever. Um, uh, like, it doesn't matter. Okay, so it tells you who's in their pack as well of people voting, but I don't really care about that part either. Uh, the bit that I guess is... Uh... Well, I do. I, so Okay, go thing. on. Um, I actually, the concept... Because so so, they've had 22 people this. voting, right? So 24. Um, there's some reading on this. Um, Innocent... Uh, Anthony Vanella and, both, Vanella and those guys did a show on StatCheck about this as well. I highly recommend you, you give that a listen. That was a good talk. Um, also, Reddit talked about this. I wouldn't recommend you read that, but they were pretty scathing of it. And as always with Reddit, I think that was dumb. So I, there are good parts and bad parts about what's going on here. I think the overall idea of an objective system based upon the opinions of, of experts is a really good way of doing it. If you want an objective ranking system, okay, I think it's really, really good. The question then is, how are you voting, and what are you voting according to? So, for example, different skill sets are more valuable in different types of 40k, right? So, you look at someone like James Ramsey, who's a fantastic example in in British 40k specifically. So, I can talk about this example. Mm -hmm. James doesn't really win many singles events, right? But he is an invaluable piece in Team 40k because his game knowledge is utterly insane. It's amazing. So I would put him as one of the best Team 40k players that I've seen, right? Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't expect to necessarily see him in the top five of an individual ranking system because he doesn't come out and dominate individual events. 
right? Because he's often tinkering and testing and doing different things. Ennis Wilson is another one of these people who has a fantastic game knowledge, but he also wins these massive events as well. I mean, part of that is needed, but a lot of that is, goodness me, um, a, lot, a lot of that is, uh, you know, just Ennis being Ennis. And there's, there's a few examples of this, right? So normally you're voting on people according to how well they are playing in individual singles events over a specific period of time, right? Yep. You can't put it back at ad infinitum because otherwise you're going to be voting for absolutely legendary players from like 10 years ago, right? It has to be within the last year or so, right? So for example, if when the UK ranking sums up, one comes out, it would be absolutely criminal to have me on that top 20. Mm. Absolutely criminal. There is no way I should be on that list because I've played one singles event in the last year, mm-hmm. right? I, that would be very, very silly for anyone to vote me on there. So what you end up expecting is people to vote according to how well people are playing in individual events, but also because you're experts and you can tell on the eye test and you can ignore the nameplate, you can vote according to who's actually playing really, really well and who these hidden gems are and not necessarily go off name recognition that any old person could vote for. I could go to Reddit and get 24 people and they'd all vote for Richard Siegler, right? Mm-hmm. Richard Siegler's played one event in the last um, year or whatever, right? If you go to his ITC rankings page right now, if someone can check it, because I actually haven't done my research on this, but I've, I've spoken to people. He hasn't played many singles events, so if someone can go and check that, would be fantastic. Um, he's got nine votes for the best player in the USA or in North America. Mm. How do you judge that? Uh, he's played okay, well... one event. Well, so there's, there's a great there's a great bunch of stuff I'd like to I'd like to bring up, but I think it's in relation to that. Uh, John, your initial thoughts on this? Talk to me about Hayfield. So when I looked at this, apart from feeling like it could be a bit of a uh, your mates that are doing well, kind of they're always in the forefront of your mind with this. I liked kind of looking at it and going right. I want to cross reference this and see how many of them are in Team USA for the WTC and how many for the Canadian guys are in their team because that would show a good kind of Venn diagram, perhaps, if, if it's working, that if they are on, on that team, that means that country's bringing their best to the team event, mm. theoretically, right? So if eight if eight of these top 20 for the US are there, they've probably picked the right team. But I, I haven't actually done that to check. But to me, that feels kind of a good way of checking it. And maybe it can't just be that. Maybe doing something where it c- kind of does... The, the results and this kind of gives you a better feel for it rather than it being one and not the other because it has the same problem that you have with just going based on event rankings, right? Because mm-hmm. if you've done more events, you're potentially going to have better chance of success. Mm-hmm. Or if you've done less but done well at those few events, should you be punished for it? I don't know. It just yeah. it feels like it's not a perfect solution. It feels a good attempt, but I can't help but feel like it can be a bit of, like you said, the Siegler effect where he's in people's mind as he's a good player yeah and they've seen him play well once. if you're an expert you should be able to cut through the bullshit with your expertise yeah and i'm not i'm not i'm looking at that (laughs) i'm looking at franuel's example he's made a point in the chat saying there's always a measure of this uh, becoming a popularity contest this hobby ain't that large but i like the idea of it i like the idea of it too and of course it does become a a bit of a popularity contest but when you're an expert you should be able to cut through that and notice by the eye test and not look at the nameplates and i don't know how i know obviously I'm not even saying he's not the best player in North America. I think he's probably up there and one of the people you could argue. But based on the available evidence, and as someone's yeah, already mentioned, data. he has data one ITC that. event in Mal- since February, which is six months ago now. I, it, it, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying that you can't justify it with the information that you have. Okay, I don't so... know how nine people out of 24 can look at, but under what criteria they can decide. Yeah. 
Okay, well, so, so like, there's, a couple, <laughs> there's a couple of really interesting bits here, like because I I took a time. So uh, this is Bill. Bill set this up, um, and yeah, he said he said his, so his inspiration came from uh, college sports. So yeah. ignore the fact that. Uh, College sports athletes are effectively slaves, um, and you can now officially gamble on them. Like, yeah, we'll ignore that. Change them. Yeah, we'll ignore that and hope that he doesn't. I've seen the South Park episode. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll ignore that he doesn't effectively hope uh, want that for for pro 40k players. It's it's a big entertainment industry in the US, like college sports. Like, it's huge. Yes, yes, it's it's huge. But we're going to ignore that for a minute. So I took the time to to I YouTubed. I took the time to take some time so I could explain it out to to people. And I think uh, one of the interesting elements of why maybe it will work, it works super well in college football, and maybe it doesn't work, partic- it won't work particularly well here. Not that I'm saying it won't work particularly well, but I'm just uh, kind of like juxtaposing them. And I'm trying to find out why it will work well and where it won't work well. Um, but they have a huge amount of people uh and it's somebody at painting in the chat who i think used to play football as well um it has 500 voters and 117 mm-hmm. of those are coaches now the other thing that happens is is tapes this is super important yeah the, all of those coaches and all those voters professionally yeah are involved in that sport yeah, yeah and they tape everything training games practice games the guy going out for a fucking run they're like they tape everything and like these things that like these people are like tracked like prize horses yeah like everything is measured like it's crazy and if you've watched anything like yeah, Moneyball, if you watch anything like Moneyball, yeah have you done anything about like stats uh, that they've been using in sports competitively now for for several decades to really like hone how how professional um they've got with like data gathering and data like use on players in games like these people are voting with so much information it doesn't it's really difficult to tell um like you know like it's really difficult to pass out some of this info right but for 40k at least huge portions of Mm -hmm. it still aren't filmed like there are in the uk where we don't have war games live running around this trolley everywhere Especially that, but even then, when he does a table, I don't think he even does two. Yeah, even then, yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, right. Um, uh, like, uh, so like, you know, you're missing a huge portion of those games. You're missing a huge portion of those plays, and also, uh, you're missing a huge portion of those um, uh, that that input. So like, while is absolutely, I think, a really great idea, because I genuinely think it is, because yeah, I'd like to talk more about rankings in a moment. I think it's a great idea, and I think it's super cool, um, and I'm sure everyone who's invested in it is super invested and is working their hardest. I just don't see where you get the information from in something as comparable as sports, especially like college sports that they have, if that makes sense. Because because college sports, while its own absolutely massive fucking business, feeds into a massive, massive other business that is professional sports, which is worth billions of dollars, sorry, but if you're talking that money, it's yeah. worth so much money. So you're effectively like doing a grift into like the bigger grift, which is obviously professional sports. Um, and then uh, like... I just don't really see where that goes. Am I making sense? Like the data validation yeah, I, is the key part here. I, I guess like when we're talking about the um, how you measure someone's ability in the recording stuff, I guess that makes a little bit more sense with like the Richard stuff now. We're voting for Richard because there's so much footage of him playing, right? Uh, on terms of the content that he puts out, right? But it, it is very much like voting for someone based off practice games. Um, I, I mean, that, so again, I can maybe again, understand that a little bit more, but it's like... Um, again, practice games... I'm not sure how games... you justify it. 
practice games, practices, like tryouts, yeah, super yeah. important parts of sports. That's what people do in, in like sports training, right? Like there's mm. lots of really interesting stuff. I mean, ultimately, and also this is a first generation thing, right? So this is the first time this group of people have ever had to do that vote. Maybe after this vote, because I think they did it all blind. Maybe after they all get together, they have a chat and they like create work more... out who the nine nutters are. <laughs> yeah, but maybe they work <laughs> no, out more... more than nine nutters. I've seen the votes. Yeah, but maybe <laughs> maybe they work out maybe they work out some other sort of methodology yeah. like between them, and that develops and grows as well. But I just really struggle to see where the data points come from, other than here's a five zero result, and we're looking at the list of the end of the month. If that makes sense, like yeah. I, I assume playing these people, knowing these people, that's going to be really important as well. Um, uh, I think that it's mostly yeah. about what names come up in and win at big tournaments. Says uh, Trim the Cat in the chat. Like, like, look, like it's interesting. What I really like about it as well, and I'd like to say that I do like it. What I really like about it as well is it does something different. We talked about the ITC. We talked about the problems with the ITC time and again. But yeah. no one has done something different. So this is someone who's gone out there and been like, look, I'm going to try and do something different. Gathered a huge group of people to create a project, which is really exciting. Yeah, and then actually fo like followed through and, and set something up. Yeah. It's, and what's exciting about it is it's got us talking about it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, we didn't talk about what the ITC results were last week. No. We were talking about those okay. this week. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, because that's also something else that's going to have to happen for 40k to go pro if 40k wants to go pro, and it, it seems like it does. You've got many coaches, um, you've got many like people doing well. stuff. If you want it to go pro, you need there to be a media apparatus around it yes, and, an, and, yeah. and an audience that want the media apparatus to engage with it, if that so, makes sense. While we're here, we've also got, I know we're already talking about scale and what have you, and you know, like access to stuff, but I just had to scroll down. Of the listed um, experts, oh, so we're 22 members, and then two committee members have been filled. Okay, so it was 22 and two. Of the 22 committee mem uh, voting members um, down here for, for this ranking system, yeah, five of them are in the top 20 themselves. Okay. F five so of them. I think if you're going to... So five of the people were... So could, not, obviously, we don't know because it's tra not transparent, but... It's one of those where ideally you don't want the people voting to be people who are necessarily uh, arguably on the top 20 list themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah I am interested, though. I want to see how... I want to keep an eye on Joe Wilson because yeah. two people have voted for him as uh, top player in the US. Joel so that Wilson. could be... Yeah, that could be nepotism, but it could also be, I would hope and I would expect, based on this system, mm. that it is... Some some people have identified a player there that could be doing very very well, but hasn't necessarily got that name recognition. Yeah, I think I think, I, think one of the that, other... I doubt it's nepotism. I don't think it's nepotism because if it was, you'd just be putting him in second or third. I think. One I of think. The, yeah, I think one of the other people who have noticed something, and I think that could be. I want to just keep an eye and see how he does in the future, because that could be an up and coming player there that's actually got something about him that's really really good. Uh, yeah. So like, I don't know who Joel is. The, that's the, why I have the, the, the bit that's the bit that's exciting for me, or the bit that's interesting for me, is see how these players do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also the the bit that the the ranking system is meant to do is say, look, that there's a there's a real obvious and clear path where if you spend a lot of money, go to a lot of tournaments, have a lot of armies, have a lot of disposable income, then you're more likely to be successful at Warhammer. But I feel that that's true for any sport, right? Like if you like do boxing, 
for example, even if you do it casually, like, and there are people who casually compete uh, boxing, you know, if you have the financial, uh, like, capital to be able to train three times a week as opposed to once a week you know if you can go to weekend mm. training sessions if you can eat uh, a bunch of really good food you know like rest well get some good trainers get some good sparring partners which all cost money yeah then you're likely to do better than like someone else that's basically yeah. how it works right yeah. so um i like i think uh i think the money aspect which we talk about a lot in in war games like I think that you almost, I don't know. I feel like you kind of have to invest to play at that level yeah. and you have to commit. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, I'm also looking at the point that the fisherman made in the chat about how the issue of, in order to get good play testers, they have to be like good players themselves, right? And then they can take advantage of the play testing and it's a vicious cycle. I think over the next couple of years, we'll get more and more people who are still engaged in competitive 40K who aren't necessarily playing as much of it themselves. For example, we've got a lot of broadcasting that goes on in competitive 40k now, right? Yeah. And by the engaged, I don't mean people who watch a lot of streams, although you can have people who are like you know, journos who pay attention to a lot of these broadcasts already, right? I think you'll get a lot of players who have historically been top, who don't just bail out of the game entirely and just kind of stick around and just kind of chill, who you wouldn't put in the top 20, but can instantly identify what would make someone a top, top player? Yes. I think we'll get that over the next couple of years. Because you can still have that kind of brain, but not necessarily commit the time and resources to the game. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting. And this kind of brings me on to like the next topic, unless, John, there's anything you think you want to add to that. Not really. Um, to me, the only other thing that kind of it highlighted to me, like when um, Tom was talking about that, the Joel guy, perhaps that it does give the opportunity that there is those sort of bridesmaids, the people that are doing well, but not getting the podiums. It then maybe well, is who are demonstrating their ability. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're there, but not quite at the top. It maybe gives some focus to that and then gives them some more kind of kind of like celebration of that, their kind of successes, which I think is a bit more interesting. I kind of I like that element of it that is kind of highlighting the up and coming necessarily well, more than the here's a good already example. up there. I can give you a, an exact example that I've been, I've been doing for the last yeah. year or so. You know my mate Chris, right? From yeah. Team Wales. I've been yeah. hyping this guy for about a year. Chris K. Chris K. Really fucking good, good example. Player. Yeah. Fantastic brain on him. No nobody knew who this guy was. Yeah. He just won two big events and will bounce. Oh wow. But I but I can tell. I can see him playing. Because I'm in the field watching these guys play, and I can see him playing, thinking, "Fucking hell, he's gonna smash!" Right? And guess what? He's smashing. Okay. Because you can you can tell, you can see, right? And that's what you need those guys in the field who can identify that. Because if you'd just gone to like ITC rankings, you wouldn't have been able to tell that this guy is fucking legit. Okay? He's an insane player. He thinks about the game all the time. He's got a fantastic brain for it, but you wouldn't have been able to tell. But because you've got those experts, I can tell you, and I have been. And I'm right, because we've just seen him win shit. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I like that. I like that, the, that there's a lot more. Because like, I, I think, I think, 
Okay. So I think the initial feedback, yeah. for, like the initial feedback, or some stuff that I saw, were people like, "Well, it's just people going to vote for people who they really like." And point being made in the chat by Trez Ozone, uh, surely the Art War guys wouldn't vote for each other to build the brand, uh, to build the brand. Uh, but then, I'm not accusing anyone of that. No, 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 no. But like, yeah. it's tr- like it's it's going to be really difficult for them to not think each other are brilliant because they are all like the fantastic yeah, players. They get to see themselves play each. You know, yeah, they get play, to see each other play a lot. Yeah. So like, that's where yeah. it becomes more relevant, right? But being impartial is impossible, and like that's how it that just doesn't work. Which is why I think maybe just tournament results is kind of just an impartial, fairer way of like. Because I always say when I do the AOS rankings, I always say mm-hmm. the best performing people at the moment. Yes, I don't say the best yes. players. Yeah. I say the best performers. So yeah. the world's best performer at the moment, and I think that really puts it into context, right? Because you're like they currently actively doing well. I'm not saying they're yeah. the best ever. I guess this is because yeah. what's interesting also when you do it with college football um, as and college NBA stuff and whatever is you're effectively ranking players for a draft into a other major organization, and you're not yeah. drafting any of these players anywhere else. Yeah, right. You're not taking yeah. them and putting them anywhere else. Um, yeah, um, this feels this feels kind of like um, from a musical kind of example. You get an album from a band. A, a magazine gives it a review of 3.5 out of 5, and you go, oh, that's not a great album. And then it goes platinum. So then you've got the data of, here's someone's opinion of it, and here's actually what's sold. So results against kind of opinion. Those two things can be drastically different, but they could they can overla- overlap a little bit, but not often. And I think that that kind of that's shows the, the strength of, one, of either side and the weakness of either side. It's never quite perfect. Because you're getting kind of a taste. Like, if you trust someone's opinion, great. But if you don't, they could be wrong because it might not match your opinion. So I'm also looking at Trez Ozone's comment in the chat about how can anyone, like, be truly impartial. I don't think you can. And that's why you have to have the, the big sample size of experts, right? Because you're always going to be these – these are long games. And you're only going to be able to watch so much 40K, right? Um, so you're always going to have a perspective that's not based on, like, perfect information because you're not able to see everything that everyone does at all times, right? So yeah. – I, no, I think I think it, I think the system, I think the system is interesting, but just the data retention is going to be far too weak to draw any analysis from, in my personal yeah. opinion. But like that's a kind of like overall. But one number one, I applaud the effort because I think that's great. Yeah. I think I think launching anything into the Warhammer space oh. where you're trying to create something to unify people or create something new is genuinely yeah. daunting. And they should be super proud of themselves for that. Like, honestly, Tom, like, I'll I'll, I'll hold my hat. Just today, I just suggested uh, me and the person who's the head of the world's um, committee for Age of Sigmar. A couple of weeks ago, we were like, like, I was like, is there an FAQ for this? He was like, no, there isn't. And I was like, for fuck's sake, what's the answer? He's like, don't know. I was like, we should just make a list of all the FAQs together. And he was like, yeah. And then people today are now literally like uh, trolling me. Like as of this moment, I'm my Twitters are getting blown up by like fucking anime accounts with three followers. Yeah, who are like, you, you're gross. You're trying to control. I'm like, what by answering a I question? I need to see these weeb accounts. Yeah, like, I'm like, what by answering a fucking question? So like launching stuff into this space is really it's difficult. It's hard, and they should be, and we should <laughs> applaud that. But follow yeah. on also. Yeah, they're also doing something different, and that's exciting. Do you think there's room 
for other sorts of ranking systems. Because, like, if you're a boxer in the UK, there's like 18 different world championship titles that you can win. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, you mean... it doesn't matter. I just checked. <laughs> I, I searched on Twitter two at six dice skills, and I could see you fucking raging at people on Twitter <laughs> in lifetime. I don't even guy. know what battle tech is. Leave me alone. That's Rob all week. All week. Uh, anyway, um, so like, uh, like, uh, could you think of any of the ranking systems you'd like to see implemented from? other game systems um i've been a long uh, long-term proponent of uh, just absolutely fucking off singles events completely and only having team events even if it's three-man team events or three-person team events sorry yeah just do that just uh, just do them just do loads of them yeah and people are like oh i don't have a teammate i'm like no problem turn up i'll just assign you a team you're in that team now you'll make three friends over the weekend you'll have a good time off you go right like i personally think team formats a better format because yeah. you're then more collegiate if that makes sense and it makes it more it makes it closer to to sports right because mm. you know um because uh, i don't know I think that's better. So I personally reasons. like to, yeah, yeah, reasons, that, reasons, yeah. reasons, reasons, <laughs> teams of teams, are, teams are easier buy-ins for people psychologically, yeah. um, as discussed earlier. Um, there's also ELO systems as well, obviously, where if you play someone and then you play another person that's who's the, a um, higher or lower rank. We're doing it right. Pardon me. Oh, that was the best in faction before 40k Fight Club guys did that. I think that was really good. Yes, I got the name of the guy actually. So you can follow his Twitter. Yeah, so ELO just really quickly, uh, or the ELO system is: you play someone better than you, your ELO rank goes up. With Thomas, you, you yeah. lose to someone lower than you, your ELO rank goes down. Really simple. Yeah, yeah. that's how it works. Um, but yeah, uh, what do you? <laughs> uh, right. So, what do you think, John? Is there anything you'd like? I'd like to see us try doing maybe like weight categories, mix up a bit. See if there's something to be done. Like, why not? If it works for sports, it could work for wargaming, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> interesting. John, you got, uh, Tom, you got any final thoughts or anything you'd like to see implemented? No, I like I like the idea. It's just, and I think the execution is. So my initial imp impression was the execution was lacking a bit, but I think that having listened to you speak about like broadcasting and availability of experts right now, I don't know how the execution gets imminently better than it currently is. So, yeah. yeah, I'm a fan. I like it. I think it's a good, another good way of, you know, measuring stuff. Okay, good. Okay, good. Who's doing well right now? Although uh, the criteria, having a set criteria might be a good idea. I, like, I mean, ultimately, like, uh, the, there's still probably loads of room. I, like, I, I literally said that yesterday, or to the weekend, that I still don't think, uh, thank you to Insomniac Payton for donating a thousand bits for actually enjoying the show. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's always good when that's actually, when it finds its mark. Um, I would say that the, the bit that is um, really, really important is that I still think that this entire endeavor that is tabletop war games is is in its infancy and is incredibly unprofessional in every single way. Obviously, because starting at the main company and then working its way down, so we're still in the kind of like protest. It's a trickle down effect, Rob. Of being <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, trickle like, down doesn't work. Yeah, like Margaret saying. Thatcher is waiting for no, we're saying to it trickle does. down on her. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Um, but the uh, yeah, like I still think there's loads of room for growth, and I think this is quite exciting. Like I'd like to see what what other things occur over the next uh, couple of years. Basically, uh, I really do. So because we still talked, there are still other stuff like drafts at tournaments for people who are already doing well playing in 
either a separate league or a separate tournament or the same yeah. tournament. We've talked about tournaments being too easy the bigger they get, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Having having what about like like playing in ranked fields? So you know, like at a certain at a certain tournament, you're just playing the field that you're ranked at, and you're like, "This sucks. I hate that I got." But you say that, Tom. A pod. Yeah, a pod. Po- well, yeah, effectively, yeah, your pod. Yeah, like oh, you're drawn in with these twenty-four other players. You're like, "What? I don't want to be in rank F." Yeah, they do that in Nova. I think it's a really good way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, like, like there's the data for it. Why not? Right. Exactly. Right. Because then you're hopefully then playing closer games. You have more engaging games, and then you feel genuine actual like i've done really well in this game because i beat someone that it could have gone either way it's just down to personal skill rather than oh in this first round i've, I've paired into a guy that's obviously not anywhere close to my level yeah I'm i've had an easy too, soft game like too, that, sometimes yeah, it can happen that way you're playing a super casual guy first round <laughs> of a tournament and it's like i'm i'm your club you're, you're still clubbing right it doesn't it doesn't always go that way but sometimes can happen it even happens to me i've i've, I've Mate, clubbed seals if have, I'm you, clubbing have you seals, seen people that turn up to like <laughs> like wasn't there a thing a couple of years ago where people were turning up to big events and listing art of war as their team so they didn't have to get paired into an art of war player round one that, that's smart <laughs> uh, <laughs> well it's been lovely talking with both of you thank you john and tom yeah, it was, mate, it was a pleasure. Good to see you, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good to go through the news and, and talk about it through because I think that's an interesting conversation. I agree. Yeah. Tom, uh, very much looking forward to your experiences over at uh, the Belgium. World Team Championships in Belgium. Good luck mm. to you and all of Team Wales. We'll have a great time, mate. We're going to really enjoy yeah. ourselves. I'd like you to know and that we are... a group full of really nice dudes as well, so that'll be nice. Okay, I'd like you to know that we're super, super partial. Uh, not impartial. We're partial. We want Wales to win. Uh, yes. So uh, <laughs> I'll tank that as soon as possible for you. Okay, I'll make sure I throw the first game. Just for yeah, you. appreciate that. Um, t- Tom, tweet as many things as you can, please. Um, yeah. with the thirteen-hour day on Friday, we'll give it a try. Oh okay. yeah, that's going to be a nightmare. That is true. Hopefully. Thirteen and a half hours. That, that sounds Sorry. fine. That sounds fine. How many I mean... chairs do you plan to break this time? No, right, this time none, because we're not in Croatia. <laughs> right? You know those really Slavic chairs, the uh, like plastic ones, but if you're too heavy, I like they call them Slavic. Them. They're just like garden furniture. Yeah, you, you, but you see them in like Slavic <laughs> countries. Like they just exist there. It's fine. Um, but no, we're in Belgium, so we're in a nice like country with like proper big chairs, the big men. Uh, this time, so you know, the, the, yeah, the uh, like you know when you were like, uh, I've just realised that because we're not streaming it, which was originally the plan, I'm now not <laughs> having to do a 14 hour day on a Friday. Yeah, it wouldn't be 14. It'd be longer for you because you'd have to be... set up. You'd have to set up, right? If you're doing a 20 the, hour day, I'm so you finish at 10:30 at night. Absolutely, <laughs> so you'd be there at like seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I said it's a big no from me, ten four. Yeah. Did you see uh, that? That was the bullet we just dodged, Rob. Oh, <laughs> dear God. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Like, I'm going to do a lottery ticket. That's how lucky I feel today. Uh, right. Well, thank you everyone in the chat for joining us. If you're listening to the podcast, do stay hydrated. And if you are watching this on YouTube, can you give some shout-outs, please? If you, yes, yeah. you can. But you can, oh, uh, if you can leave some comments or like, that does help more people see uh, what I think has been a great discussion. Uh, Tom, who you want to shout out, my friend? So I want to shout out the guys that I won't name them, but I that came over and said hi to me at the Northern Wallers team event, who were fans of the show. It was good to meet both of you properly. I'd also like to shout out Logan, because it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, um, Logan. Fortunately, he's in America, which is yeah. sucks, but I hope he's having a good time regardless. Uh, and that's it. Okay. What about you, John? Uh, I'd like to shout out Nikos, the uh, Necron Overlord, because it was lovely seeing him on the weekend. And I miss Tell him you. a lot. 
Okay. I'm gonna shout at me. I just feel great today. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Fuck you all. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>